0: Hello, my teacher friends, and welcome back. This is episode number two of the Beyond Measure podcast. (laughs) So before we go any further, I just wanted to thank you for showing up in such a huge way last week as I released this podcast the reception I received for episode one is something that I am going to treasure in my heart forever. It's kind of funny because, of course, I recorded episode one with the sole intention of helping you feel celebrated, and somehow, because you are that amazing, you managed to flip that back to me, and I'm the one that ended up feeling celebrated. Um, so thank you so much. We are just getting started. I. I strongly believe that it's only going up from here, and I'm just really excited to journey through this podcast with you. In case you're just now finding me, my name is Christina Whitlock, and yes, I have unapologetically inserted myself into your life, and I'm calling myself your new anytime piano teacher friend. The research is very clear that one of the most important things we can do to ward off that terrible thing known as burnout as educators is to spend time with like-minded colleagues and people who spend their time doing the same things that you do with your time. You know, this kind of community is built into many professions. You know, they have things like staff meetings and retreats and even just faculty lounges and those types of things, but independent music teachers often miss out on all of those benefits. So that is why I am here. So just count on me anytime you need an encouraging voice to remind you that there are so many of us that are doing this work Day in and day out. Today, I thought it might be beneficial for us to take a look at a word that I know I tend to have kind of a complex relationship with, and I suspect you might as well. That is the word enough. Let it be known that I try very hard never to make generalizations amongst any group of people. But let's just say this. I know a lot of music teachers, and there are several qualities that I think, by and large, we tend to share. I think it's kind of funny because I think, in general, the outside world looks at performing musicians, and they assume we're all very free-spirited, artsy types that kind of just go where the wind takes them, (laughs) when actually, the truth is quite contrary to that— And I think a lot of professional musicians and music teachers tend to be closer to that type A personality, you know, and if nothing else, we tend to be very high achieving or maybe even overachieving perfectionist types of individuals. I will have to say that I do think there's something inherently good about this sense of striving that so many of us share that constantly propels us to try to better ourselves and set higher standards. And in general, I think that is what we have to thank for so much of our success. But I also think that that's a dangerous mindset for an educator because we already carry so much on our plates, you know, to risk that sense that nothing is ever going to be good enough for us, I think is a recipe for disaster. Have you ever sat down and actually tried to make a list of all the things you want to impart to your music students? Well, I did the other day, and let me tell you, um, it's quite extensive, so I can't share the whole thing here today, but I'll give you a fraction of what I came up with. Now, for the record, before you think I'm a crazy person, this is the list that I designed assuming I get multiple years of study from a student. This is in no way designed as a lesson-to-lesson template, (laughs) right? (laughs) Of course, there are big-picture goals, and that, simply put, for today, will stick with, you know, I want my students to enjoy making music and to do that for the rest of their lives. 100%, full stop, end of story, main goal. But at least here in piano teacher land, a well-rounded music lesson involves a lot of things. (laughs) Of course, there are basic elements like rhythm— For instance, I want my students to understand that rhythm is much more than a series of dots on the page, right? I want them to be able to move to their music and to internalize that sense of pulse. That's so important. I want my students to play with a healthy technique so that their physical approach to their instrument is never a hindrance to the message they're trying to communicate to their audience. Um, Of course, I want my students to become great, competent readers of standard notation. I want them to understand their functional skills. I want them to read their chord charts and do their transpositions and be able to play from open scores and improvise freely. You know, which of course means that they need to know their theory, that they need to be well-versed in scales, arpeggios, and chord progressions, and all of those things. (laughs) Of course, there are even more detailed concepts if I want to dig further. Um, I want my students to have great aural skills. I want them to understand the depth of music, you know, things like the fact that we actually have like 16 different types of staccatos and they need to know when to use which one. (laughs) I want my students to learn to listen to music in a deep analytical way. I want them to understand standard performance practices for each of the historical time periods, you know, things like ornamentation, not only how to interpret it, but also how to achieve it. (laughs) My students need to know historical significance of certain works. You know, we want them to be familiar with composers and various performers Uh, We want our students to be able to cope with performance anxieties. That's an important one. Um, Also things like how to be a good collaborator, you know, how to get their feet wet in the composition world, um, how to dress appropriately for performances and how to employ proper stage etiquette while they're on the stage. (laughs) And of course we need to teach our students how to practice effectively. So that's just a very small fraction of the list I started writing. And yet even with that focus, you know, all of those expectations make me realize that it is no wonder as music teachers that we feel exhausted. And it is also no surprise that we can find ourselves struggling with exactly what is enough to make a successful lesson well, I think we should address that today. Lately, I have become painfully aware that I am most guilty of really sweating over the lesson plans I have for my students who are the most prepared and the most quickly moving. Um, And I'm finding that oftentimes once a lesson wraps, I am catching myself feeling immediately guilty for all of the concepts we did not get to that day Um, instead of celebrating and being content with the incredible things that they actually did get done. I think the universe is getting in on this joke because on more than one occasion, very recently, as soon as I wrap a lesson, I'll find myself again kind of kicking myself for all the things we didn't get to, and I will immediately receive a text or an email from that student or their parent letting me know how amazing they think I am. (laughs) That is a humbling one, my friends, (laughs) because the truth is my students are really doing great. The other truth is our students and their families only know what we are teaching them. (laughs) They have no clue about that giant laundry list I rattled off earlier. They don't know that you didn't have time to fully correct the gentle release at the end of that phrase, They don't know that you wanted to introduce lead sheets today, but you ran out of time. And no one knows that you introduced that one concept way out of sequence. (laughs) They only know about the experience they had. And chances are they enjoyed it. It reminds me of some great advice that my mother in law gave me very early on in my marriage. Uh, I was preparing to host my first party at our new home. And I was really worried over that age-old question of how much food do I serve my guests? And she wisely reminded me that no one knows about the food that you didn't serve. (laughs) They'll never know that you were debating about making a second lasagna or that you ran out of money for that third beverage option. You know, they'll never see the things that you forgot. They'll simply enjoy eating what is there. My friends, our lessons are exactly the same way. Our students don't know or even care to know the expansive knowledge that we carry in our brains. They want to have a great time playing their instrument. End of story. (laughs) So let's make a pact today to decide what is indeed enough to deem our lessons successful. Since it's my podcast, I guess I have to go first. So I have come up with three things that qualify my lesson as enough. Are you ready? Qualifier number one, did the student learn something new today? (laughs) That sounds maybe too obvious, but I think if we're being honest, we also know that it's actually fairly easy to let your student come in play some warm-ups, play some pieces, you fix some things that you fixed last week, Uh, you give them some new things to practice, and you send them on their merry way. (laughs) That, to me, doesn't really sound like the world's most engaging lesson. So I'll tell you, many years ago, when I was newer to my journey of teaching, I actually established a practice where, at the end of each lesson, I would ask my student to name one new thing they learned that day. And this ended up being a really successful tactic. In fact, as I'm saying it out loud, I should probably go back to doing this (laughs) because first of all, I knew for me as the teacher that I would feel really uh, like I had really failed if I asked my student that question and they had nothing to give me at the end of the lesson. So it made me very intentional about making sure that I was bringing in new information As much as possible to the lesson. But interestingly enough, it also began to kind of make the student pay attention because they came to expect that at the end of their lesson, they were going to have to answer that question. And just like I didn't want them to come up empty handed, they certainly didn't want to look their piano teacher in the face and say that they didn't learn anything new that day. (laughs) So they started really paying attention and being able to articulate that really clearly at the end of their lesson ended up being a great side benefit. So if that's nothing that you've ever done, um, I would consider giving it a try. You might be really surprised with the results. My second qualifier is this. Did the student leave their lesson with a positive vibe? (laughs) So you know that old, I think it's a Boy Scout motto, where it talks about leaving a place better than you found it? (laughs) Well, I adopt that for the mental state of my students. So I think we all know, whether we're working with adolescents or adults, you know, our students show up for their lessons with all of the weight of their world, (laughs) And sometimes they show up happy to see us, but sometimes they show up carrying a lot of burdens. And no matter what, my goal is to make sure that they leave my studio feeling better about themselves and more optimistic about life than when they showed up. Which actually serves as a great segue into my third qualifier, which is very simply, did I make a notable effort to connect with my student as an individual? You know, one of my primary goals with my students is to make sure that they know that I am invested in them as a human being and not just as a pianist. You know, that I am here to nurture their musician skills. And at the same time, the fact that they are a person matters to me so much more. I laugh because I had a colleague once ask me how many students I had, and I think I probably said somewhere in the 40s, and she looked at me with astonishment and she said, how do you remember all of their names? (laughs) And I thought, well, boy, I know a lot more than their names. I know their siblings' names. I know what school they go to. I know what grade they're in. I know what I assigned them in their method book last week. I know who's participating in the spelling bee next week and who had a soccer game last week. And, you know, the list goes on and on, right? (laughs) And, you know, for me, I think my brain is just designed in a way that I retain that information fairly easily. Um, If that is not the same for you, there is no shame in just keeping some basic notes. So if your student mentions that they are exhibiting their work in the art fair, you know, next month, then you jot a note down, And then you follow up with them about it next month, right? Just the fact that you are interested in what's going on in their life will go such a long way to build your relationship, which is then going to make a big difference in your ability to impact them as musicians. That is a fundamental uh, belief of my studio. So there you have it. My big three. (laughs) One, did the student learn something new? Two, did they leave their lesson with a positive vibe? Three, did I make a specific effort to connect with them? And if I did those three things, I am now giving myself permission to let everything else go and to count it a win. I feel like it has to be noted that there will be times when one or two of those answers might be no. (laughs) It's equally important that we learn to give ourselves grace and to remember that one lackluster lesson is not going to ruin a student's overall experience with us. As we begin to wrap up today, my hope is this. I want to have started your wheels turning in the right direction so you can hopefully learn how to find a balance between any overachieving tendencies you may have (laughs) And that oh-so-important task of finding satisfaction when you have been, indeed, successful enough. And now, teacher friends, the time has come. (laughs) I'm going to ask you to raise that hypothetical or actual glass once again as I offer a toast to you. Music teacher friends of the world, today I want to challenge you. (laughs) I'm going to challenge you to look deep inside yourself and name at least one great thing you are bringing to the lives of your students. No, really, I'm going to wait while you name it. (laughs) I think all music teachers, especially right now, are finding themselves struggling with the question of enough. For that matter, I think every educator, preschool through college, it doesn't matter, I think we all bring our work home with us, so to speak. You know, every teacher struggles with their inability to teach their students every single thing they want to teach them. We all deal with limitations, limitations of support and resources and time. You know, our teachers' hearts are often nagged by this long tally of all the things that we didn't get said or didn't get done and I want to invite you today to let it go my friends <laughs> be present and engaged with your students empower them to feel capable accountable and invested in and really the rest is all going to be bonus <laughs> thanks so much for showing up and for continuing to give to your students even when this teaching gig of ours is pretty tough <laughs> Most of all, I hope that you can celebrate today for all of the good that you bring the world and just rest in knowing that your best is indeed enough for your studio. Hear, hear, my teacher friends. And that, my friends, is how we wrap up episode two of the Beyond Measure podcast. (laughs) You know, I said something as I was free-forming that final toast that I think might bear repeating. Um, I mentioned that we want our students to feel capable, accountable, and invested in. And honestly, the more I think about that, you know, what can we not get done as people if we feel those same three things. So I think we've just stumbled upon our new podcast mantra. (laughs) Let us go forth and help students feel capable, accountable, and invested in. I really think we'll see them change the world. So, just because this episode is over, it doesn't mean the conversation has to stop. You are welcome to give me a like and a follow on Facebook and on Instagram. You can find me there at Beyond Measure Podcast. I would love to have you join in a conversation about what you feel your parameters are for enough. For a successful lesson. Um, They can be different than mine. That's great. I welcome a good conversation any time of the day. (laughs) So if you are looking for something extra kind to do with your day, um, hop on over to Apple Podcasts and give me a rating and write a review. That just helps more people find this podcast. But really, my friends, I just want to thank you for again helping me feel so welcomed and so celebrated in this space. Uh, I am so anxious to see where this podcast takes us so until then cheers to you my piano teacher friends Um, go forward and have a great day